0: I'm Phil DeLuca.
1: I'm Shivan Putt. <laughs> and what? we are Commander. I still am, man. Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I know. I'm just happy to be recording. <laughs> <laughs> And Ren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and
1: Hearthstone. I got one off the list, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You are the three. Best keep your eyes open, because I'm coming. <laughs> it, Shivam has insisted
0: we remove the hip-hop because he wants to spit some mad rhymes.
1: You know... I came to drop bombs. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Folks, if you want to hear Shivam drop some bombs or prevent him from doing so, you can support us by giving us five-star ratings wherever it is you get your podcast from. You can also, and this is perhaps more influential than five-star ratings, visit patreon.com slash commander at MTG and a buck a show and a note to us will log your vote as to whether or not Shivam and or Sean should be rhyming. Oh, now Shivam, we're missing a voice, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it seems that poor, poor Sean Watson was crushed by Team USA losing in the World Cup uh, qualifiers, and so he's taking a day of mourning. We wish you well, (laughs) Sean, and I know that you wanted to support the right team, so uh, we welcome you to Team USA's fandom. Uh, See you soon, buddy. See you soon.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sorry about that, Sean. Right now, uh, everybody, if you don't know Sean, Sean is actually a very sensitive person, and it's just rivers of tears, rivers. If you follow him on Twitter, and we'll get to that uh, toward the end of the show, you'll uh, you'll see it directly. <laughs> In the meantime, don't forget to visit us on YouTube. You should comment, rate, and subscribe on any of the videos you see that uh, helps us bump up in the ratings and therefore get exposed to even more people, which allows but not us. not in that way. Not, not in that <laughs> way. In a good way. It's good exposure. <laughs> because we have a wonderful show lined up for you, and we want to let other people in on this wonderful secret. So we are starting the run-up to Halloween, Shivam. And this episode, it's a scary, demonic deck featuring our favorite hybrid dragon-demon, Malfagor.
1: <laughs> Only dragon-demon? I'm sure they could have shoved a few more in there, man. Right? He could have been a dragon-demon vampire wizard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to
2: correct <laughs> you there. It's pronounced. Malfagor. Oh. Malfagor. Malfagor.
0: Wow, that's uh, got a purr at the end of it. That was I don't know how I feel about that.
1: I'm i am just staring at my N'Zan deck, so it kind of just took me over. Because I'm <laughs> yes. sure malphagor has got some kitty in him somewhere.
0: <laughs> so to speak. Maybe that's how uh, the cat dragon... Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> to talk about Malphagor and I've mentioned this deck a couple of times on the show now, we've asked... Daniel Haas, a.k.a. D. Haas. I might slip and call him D. Haas because that's how I was introduced to him. We asked him to come on because it's his deck with all of its wonderful twists and turns that, uh, shall we say, turned us on to the potential of... Malfoyor... <laughs> <laughs> so D Haas has been gaming since childhood. This is a familiar story to many of us, I'm sure. He got into magic pretty briefly in high school with a Rakdos hellbent precon. We gotta talk about that. And uh then he fell off until uh college and the Lorwyn block and uh he's been playing ever since. He's been at Riot Games too, since 2012, and uh that's how I met him. He's part of the weekly Commander Meta. And I caught sight of him playing some like ridiculously fun deck. It was either Phage or Malfagor across the table. And we struck up a conversation, and here we are.
1: The idea that there's a Phage commander deck is just so absurd <laughs> that I I just can't get over that. Like, how do you. What? What? <laughs> so. Well, say hi first, Daniel. Hi. <laughs> it's
2: it's sorry, good to be I here. I should have said hi. Yeah, I, I think the first one that you saw me playing was Phage. Uh, Phage the Untouchable, which uh, I guess for people who don't remember this legend... It
1: kills you!
2: (laughs) Yes, it's the card that when I pull out the deck and I say, hey, here's my commander, and they look at it, everyone reads it and it's like, so you do know that, I'm like, yes, yes, I do know that my command zone is not my hand. So yeah, for people that don't know, uh, Phage, when it enters the battlefield, if you did not cast it from your hand, you immediately lose the game. (laughs) But then...
1: It is absurd. When,
2: when it de- deals combat damage to a player, that player immediately loses the game. So, basically, no downsides. <laughs>
1: <laughs> high risk, high reward. Yeah, And it costs seven. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so most, ga- most games with Phage, I don't even end up casting it. But every once in a while I do, and I have a few ways of uh, making it stick, like Torpor Orb and Platinum Angel. And I think a Sundial of the Infinite also. So there are ways, but sometimes you just sort of cast it and you hold it in the air. Oh, that's being like, cute. oh Is someone going to shatter my Torpor Orb? I, don't, I hope not. <laughs> it's really risky. It's moderately risky, but then, you know, it enters and you give it haste and you kill someone.
1: <laughs> that's so absurd. <laughs> that is so dumb. I'm just like, I'm staring at Phage right now and I'm just like you're kidding me man. <laughs> i mean dude arachnos pre-con into phage like you definitely are uh, dis- displaying a specific style of play for sure
2: i I, d- I do have a lot of varied decks of varied styles but yeah my, my style tends to be this is a multiplayer format i'm gonna be the player who's just doing crazy weird things and like Other people can deal with that powerful guy over there, and other people can have wind conditions. I'm just going to, you know,
1: do crazy things.
0: (laughs) I'm going to sit over here sacrificing all my permanents every turn.
1: Hey, I mean, (laughs) if you got to. I like the way you think, sir.
0: Well, we will get to the main topic of his Malphagor deck. And and again, thanks for coming on. This is really, really special for me. Yeah, it's It's good good to be on. Thank you. But first, we have uh, a bit of news to talk about. Daniel, I don't know if... You realize this, but those delicious playmats that you see me bring out every week, mm-hmm. we actually have some for sale. And I'm not suggesting you right now go over to commander at mtg.com slash our products and purchase one of these.
1: But Phil is too modest. I will be suggesting directly. <laughs> you absolutely should go to commander at mtg.com to our products and pick one of these things up. Yeah. They're amazing.
0: And if you do, Daniel, Mm -hmm. you would get a free Dead Eye Navigator signed by either me or Sean, or both, actually, signed by me and Sean, or a God Pharaoh's Gift signed only by me, but still. And uh, if you're really lucky, really lucky, d it'll be a foil version of one of those cards.
2: That does sound like a good deal. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
1: man, God Pharaoh's (laughs) Gift is actually a great card. It is. It's actually really so Deadeye Navigator, if we're being perfectly honest here. Yeah, if we're being totally
0: honest, they're both very good, fine cards. One of them is just hated. (laughs) Hated.
1: Well, one of them breaks the game forever. Yeah, and
0: and the other is God Pharaoh's Gift. (laughs) (laughs) In actual news, this week they announced a change to the Magic logo. The first significant change to the Magic logo in like forever since it turned from blue to orange. This one is now some kind of polished steel with the Planeswalker spork next to it.
1: I actually really like the Planeswalker symbol. I'm not going to lie. I think that thing looks really cool. The font that they used for Magic the Gathering is going to take a bit of work to grow on because it's definitely different. I mean, it looks like they tried to take the original Magic logo which is all fantasy-ish and then sci-fi it up some like, you know, brushed steel and the A looks really weird because it's the exact same A as the original Magic cards but in a modernized I mean, it's going to take a a lot of work to grow on me. Like when I first saw it I was less than thrilled but it's kind of grown on me because the fact that they're not changing the backs of the cards and if they were to do that I would quit the game forever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm glad you are not prone to hyperbole i
1: would never say something so extreme <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes me i would be fine if they just put you know if they made the card backs black that would be fine i don't i don't <laughs> play it for the card backs i never see the card backs i put well, them that's in sleeves all you
1: scrubs put sleeves on your decks huh? yeah i've got like 15 commander decks and maybe 3 of them are sleeved And, like, maybe four of them are in deck boxes, so... That's painful
0: to hear. (laughs) It is painful, isn't it? I mean,
1: like, 80% of them are pre-cons that I've just, like, you know, added a few cards here and there to. The the decks that I actually make originally by myself with, like, you know, my beta soul rings or whatever, sure, I'll put some sleeves on maybe if you force me. Or if I'm going to take them outside the house but whatever, dude. Like, I play with dual decks all the time. I like looking at the back of the cards. The back of the cards evoke a wizard's spell book. It feels authentic. It feels magic. It feels like this is definitely where I'm drawing my power from. I'm casting spells. It puts you into the game in a way that this new logo doesn't quite do. However, this new logo will be great for Arena or for digital products or for other things that they need to grab people with. Like, I hated the yellow logo. I like the new orange one they put out in 2015, but the yellow one looked kind of lame. But I understand that when you're making products and putting them in a store and somebody has to look at it from 10 miles away, that dark blue cobalt color is not going to stand up as much as a popping yellow, and neither of those are going to stand out as much as uh, sporky over there. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> sporky? <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, sporky. Sporky is the lost planeswalker.
0: Yeah, the, the only problem is if you saw the logo uh, by itself, it doesn't say magic. And in terms of how how powerful it is, I was actually talking to Dreamtime Drin on uh, uh, Twitter, and she pointed out that the original Garrick handprint was from which this current logo the spork is derived is a very powerful like it's a very tribal like personal kind of
1: touch yeah i i, I saw what she had to say about that and she's definitely got a point however that original handprint looked way lamer than the uh more <laughs> polished uh spork and like i hate calling it spork it's a planeswalker symbol it's it looks cool. I think it's super cool. I love having spin downs with that symbol. I think, like, my Kaladesh shirt is, like, the Planeswalker symbol all steampunked out. I think it looks amazing. The Garrick one just looked like, I mean, and it's on Jeremy Jarvis in the picture, like, and he just looks like a college kid with a random, like, shirt that he picked up at Burning Man or something. And I'm like, this is this is lame. It doesn't say anything about magic at all. It's just, eh.
0: Wasn't he just out of college in
1: 2012? He, no, he, <laughs> uh, that that uh, image is way older than that.
0: Oh, yeah, because it's Lorwyn.
1: Yeah, so it was like 2007, so then he probably was maybe just out of college. Yeah. But... I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> we
0: we will see what they do. You like the polished steel versions of of everything. And... Oh, I like the
1: fantasy version, but if I'm not going to have the fantasy version, at least I get the cool Planeswalker logo. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what they do. The A though, the A does not look very good at all. <laughs> Yeah. But it's got it looks kind of like the wattie Swoosh, which is a little weird.
0: But whatever. Dehos actually takes a quarter to hit all of his card backs and he scratches out the logo and the Deckmaster mm-hmm. line.
1: Yeah,
2: I just don't like the Deckmaster line. Yeah, he just scratches it out. Oh, I love
1: the Deckmaster line. Oh my god, are we already going to be like fated to be enemies forever right from the start? Like the Deckmaster it, line gives balance to the card. It's really it sort of disconcerting
0: because he doesn't uh like sometimes we have to remind him it's his turn because mm-hmm. he'll be pulling cards out that
1: he just got and he just starts scratching and I'll, I'll quarter. just
2: grab them from other people too. Like yeah. if I control your permanent, then that means I get to do whatever I want to the card.
1: <laughs> ah, good old nineteen ninety three rules. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like give the card back at the end of the, the game. All right, Richard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the other change
0: is that Mark Rosewater indicated it was weird that he telegraphed this. There is a. Redirect damage to Planeswalkers, rule change coming. So that's, of course, whenever you take direct damage as a player, you can redirect it to a Planeswalker. Sorry, your opponent who's doing the damage can redirect it to a Planeswalker you control. Some of the critics I've seen talking about this say that this cements the disconnect between players and Planeswalkers. How do you guys feel about this? Do you think this is going to change anything?
1: I think that... The disconnect between players and Planeswalkers happened when they created Planeswalkers as character cards. Like, when the stories became about characters and, like, you could play these Planeswalker characters, then the idea of you as a Planeswalker was basically gone anyways. Like, they don't care about lands as being locuses for you to draw mana from, to cast spells from across the plains into this battle you're having. They care about the fact that you're here helping Gideon win the war or whatever it is. So eh, that, that era of magic is gone. I think it's just much easier that we can just sit there and go, I lightning bolt your Gideon instead of I lightning bolt you and then redirect it to Gideon. No, just whatever. It's just easier. Mm.
2: Well, from a lore perspective, I I don't really see any major difference because I don't know. It's supposed to be like, you know, their your friend is here helping until they leave because they don't I don't know, aren't loyal enough. I don't know, for some planeswalkers that didn't make as much sense as others, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it works fine. I, I'm more interested in the like rules side of it. So I know that they're changing how targeting works to just say like target a thing, but I'm interested in like, does earthquake work differently now? Because it used to be that you could earthquake and hit either the player or one of their planeswalkers, but not multiple of their planeswalkers. Oh yeah, good. So guy. I'm wondering now if that's going to work differently.
1: Well, specifically regarding Earthquake, which is a good question uh, to ask, Morrow said, hey, when we actually roll out the change, we will put out an article, and I don't know the specifics, so I'm not going to answer that right now. (laughs) So we don't know if Earthquake works the way Earthquake used to work, but I don't know how Earthquake interacts with plane fuckers anyways, so I guess I would have just kind of been faking it as I go. I
2: do know how it works, but it's more complicated than it needs to be. I will say that every every <laughs> time they've made a, like, cleaning up rules change, it's always been positive. Like, there has yeah. not been one where I've been like, that should not have happened, so...
1: The tuck rule? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, uh you know, move, being able to uh put your commander into your hand or into the command yeah. zone? I don't know, I think that's fine. I mean, I'm not a fan of planeswalkers becoming legends, but whatever, it's... They're, I mean, ultimately, they're right when they're like, look... These cards should just work the same because it's just easier. And I would bet money that this has to do with the fact that they're putting out Magic Arena. And so this makes Magic Arena a lot easier to code if these things all work kind of the way you expect. Planeswalker Redirection in a game like the uh, Hearthstone-like Arena would probably be really just so much extra clicking and so much more irritation. As opposed to just drag your lightning bolt over to Garrick's face and go zap and Call it good.
2: It also just made for weird gotcha things.
1: Yeah. It was just it was not a fun experience when somebody would be like, you know, like you just get corner cased into yeah. losing something you did not expect. Like to if
2: lose. I have hex proof, why does that mean you can't kill Chandra over there?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't particularly mind it.
0: Yeah, I don't particularly mind it either. It's just change, and change of course makes people very nervous. So if your listener, if you're among the people who <laughs> became nervous as a result, uh, tweet at us and share with us your emotional state regarding this change. We will help you. We'll counsel you through this. Actually, Sean is, uh, he works in this part of the health industry in England, and he would happily counsel you. Remember, that's at Copain26. <laughs> now, uh, we're about to hit our, our main topic. We have two more things to talk about, dear listeners, and then we will get straight to <laughs> <Mouth> is- <laughs> crazy, tipsy, turny world.
1: Yeah, I am really excited to see this. Yeah, wait, weird.
0: wait for it. It's amazing. So, Sean is brewing Vona for next week's spooky Halloween episode. It's sec- our second one. This is the Halloween season. Of course, that's why Haas is on, to bring us the scariness which is Malfagor. 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 That's and... <laughs> For the first time, we are going to have a little minor topic called the life score. And this is where we talk about something cool that happened in uh, yeah. one or more of the hosts and or guests lives. And so this week, Shivam has something to tell us about because of his recent yeah, travels. No, I'm
1: super excited about this segment because it's nice to have a little bit of uh, levity on this serious, serious podcast we dive all the time. So uh, this past week, I was on vacation and... I was at a place where I was able to play some magic cards and it was a good time. But one thing any traveler of magic would know is that when you get to the airport, your deck boxes look super weird on the uh, x-ray machines when you send it through the luggage. And almost every time they make me pull out my decks and like, you know, do the scan and check for whatever they're checking for. And they always end up delaying you like a good three to five minutes And on the way home from my vacation, I was like, you know what? I don't want to waste any more time because I know they're going to drag me and we've got to get to the airplane. We're going to be late. So I just pulled my deck boxes out the way you would with a laptop and I put them into a box and run it through the uh, x-ray machine. Now the trick is I was at Seattle airport at SeaTac and In Seattle, is the one place in the world where they actually recognize magic deck boxes. Uh -uh. So much so that the TSA guy, when I put my three deck boxes into the thing, he was like, oh, you bring some standard decks? And I'm like, I'm looking at the watch and I'm like, I've got to get to my plane. I'm like, no, 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 these are uh, EDH decks. He's like, EDH? I love EDH. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, Yeah, great. Uh, Thank you. And he's like, who are your commanders? I'm like, oh, my God, are we really having this (laughs) discussion right now? (laughs) Because you were late, right? Yeah, I was late. My son was acting up, and my wife is like, We need to go. And I'm like, uh, I've got Brea and zombies and my tree folk. I got to go, man. He's like, Oh, dude, I love zombies. Are you playing Scareblord? I'm like, Oh my God, I'm playing Grim Green, Can I please go, sir? It's like, Dude, I got to tell you about my sliver deck. I've got a four turn kill. I'm like, that And I'm like, Well, you cool. know what, man? I host a commander podcast. And this is fantastic. I wish you the best of luck. I need to go right now. <laughs> and I grabbed my decks and booked it. But it was such an amusing, like all three of the guys at this TSA, not just one, but all three of them were totally like, oh, I play magic. I know magic. I'm I'm like, where the hell am I that? Yeah. This is the first time in my life I've been slowed down by TSA for them wanting to talk to me about magic and not just like, like when I left GP Vegas, they almost made me unsleeve all my decks. Yeah. You know how long that would take? Yeah. We play EDH. I'm like. Look, man, they're just cards. It's like, are you sure all of these are cards? I'm like, oh, there's like 700 cards in here. Yes, sir, they're all cards.
0: <laughs> yeah, the best I've ever had is this guy ran my bag through the x-ray machine three times. And I'm like, it's, and I told him, I said, it's a bunch of cards. And he, <laughs> he pulls them out and he goes, well, these are cards. And he opens it and he kind of looks through it, closes it. And I go, yeah, do you play magic? And he goes, Oh, Magic the Gathering? And I'm like, Yeah. He goes, No, I play Pokemon. <laughs> and I'm like, All right, great. Thanks. But All right, a, man. Not even I play, I played. So this is a really cool story. That's great.
1: Yeah, I know. It was a good time. My vacation was really good. And maybe the next time I'll tell you about how uh, me and somebody played a Gishoth deck against my <laughs> Brea deck. And it was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Now our main topic Malphagor. Now Dehos you're going to be doing most of the talking in this section. So listeners, we will provide a link to the Malphagor deck on our deck stats page. It's already up there if you happen to be one of the people who obsessively monitors our deck lists, then you've already seen it. Daniel, tell us why Malphagor.
2: Well, I don't know, M- Malphagor, I literally like I opened him in Alara block And I just immediately loved him. So when you you play Magic, you get to a point (laughs) where you're no longer looking at the picture. You're no longer looking at the name. You just open a card. You immediately look at, you know, like the power toughness the and what's happening in the text and the mana cost. And you just immediately do that, move on, right? Malfagor is one of the few cards that, like, the flavor text is what drew me to it which just like is not how i typically play and uh so i guess for people who don't know about nice. the best the best legend uh he's a six mana six six flyer so he's typical kind of dragon except for he's not a dragon
1: good old six, six six yeah
2: six six for six um he's red, <laughs> red black and He's not just a dragon, though. He's a demon dragon. And his flavor text a demon is a demon cannot be trusted and a dragon will not be ruled. And <laughs> I don't know. Just something about that grabbed me. <laughs>
1: That's so ractus. It,
0: it is. It absolutely is. Malphagor, like you said, is six mana. That's two and black, black, red, red. Crazy. Six, six, demon dragon has flying when Malphagor. Ooh, look at that the old uh, shards of Alara text comes when play. Malphagor comes into play discard your hand each opponent sacrifices a creature for each card discarded this way mhm
2: what <laughs> are you doing so basically zero downside
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah uh i don't know i i immediately loved malphagor and he was the first like real commander deck that i built and the difference between him and all my other commander decks is that when you play Malfagor, you have to sort of put yourself in the mindset of Malfagor and not ask, would I do this? But would Malfagor do this?
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to commit when you're playing something this suicidal. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could host yourself really badly, dude.
2: You can. You don't play this deck if you're, you know, optimizing around, you know, min-maxing or something like that. You You play this deck if yeah. you want to... You know, crush people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, as a Vorthos, I love basically everything about this. The art looks sick, and the deck just looks—I don't know—that I would be able to stomach playing something so uh, bonkers town like this.
0: Yeah, it really is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those cards that Daniel will be throwing away. <laughs> And not just with malphagor We'll talk about some of those cards. He's uh, The stats for the deck, he's got 16 creatures, 11 enchantments, 11 sorceries, 6 instants, 14 artifacts, 1 planeswalker, and then 39 lands. And this is the part, in in your deck list, you didn't even put the lands in because, uh, A, you didn't want to be bothered to put them in, and B, there's nothing really special happening with those lands, is no, there? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> You're mostly throwing them away in the late game anyhow. Yep, pretty much. Now we'll we'll uh, start marching through some of the sections you've identified. Ordinarily, listeners, we might consider things like how many card draw cards are there, how many mana rocks, and we would call them by those sections, but no, this first section is called uh we're all locked in together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. AKA yeah. keep up the infighting. <laughs> What, what's this section about? So,
2: I don't, I don't know. This is the section, which is my favorite part about Black and also my favorite part about Rakdos, which is just making people make choices they don't want to make and sort of like changing how they evaluate stuff, changing how they interact with each other, and just sort of like putting them in awkward positions. So one of my favorite EDH cards, one that I will add in every Black deck that will let me, is a Plague of Vermin. This is an old, uh, I want to say Shadowmoor card, It's a seven mana sorcery, which says, starting with you, each player may pay any amount of life. Repeat this process until no one pays life. Each player puts a 1-1 black rat creature token into play for each one life he or she paid this way. What? <laughs> Ratropotence. So your first thought might be like, hey doesn't this anti-synergize with my commander who wants my opponents to sacrifice creatures and my answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> that's fine I have played this and just been like I'm going to pay one life and then the person next to me says I'm going to pay 30 life and then everyone else looks at their board and they're like uh I guess I need blockers so I'll pay 25 life and then I just pay nothing and then I damnation immediately afterwards <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> which is always fun oh no yeah but then sometimes i'll be way behind and i'll just be like okay i'm just gonna pay you know 35 life and go down to one and just you know see what happens yeah (laughs)
0: that's nasty yep plague of vermin is six and a black
1: what a ridiculous card Mm -hmm.
0: that's nuts it's really late game you just pay it and then you make people suffer that's funny
2: no i don't make them suffer they choose to suffer or choose not to (laughs) that's that's the distinction I think I've
0: had you play that on me, haven't Mm -hmm. you? Or in in a game against Mm -hmm. me. That's terrible. So tell us about this next card. This one's also... Shivam, you might want to cover your ears.
2: So the next one uh, costs nine and a black, so that's 10 (laughs) mana. It's another sorcery. It's from uh, Time Spiral, uh, my favorite block. And
1: so... Why am I not surprised? (laughs) Yeah, It it costs 10 (laughs) mana,
2: but more. it it has a suspend uh, cost of only four mana. So suspend for two BB, uh, to suspend for two turns. And when it resolves, target player sacrifices (laughs) half the permanents he or she controls rounded down. But if you suspend it, (laughs) while it's suspended, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, if it's suspended, that player may sacrifice a permanent, if they do, put two time (sighs) counters on Curse of the Cabal.
1: I hate this card. So
2: again, this is not about the end effect resolving most of the time it doesn't actually resolve it's about i suspend it out there and everyone kind of knows that when it resolves i'm going to pick someone (laughs) and they're just like i don't want it to be me oh god
1: target (laughs) player that's just yeah it's not every player
2: it's target player that's what makes it interesting is you have to decide huh do i want to sacrifice something i think that other guy is more of a threat i think he's more likely to target that guy (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it becomes this psychological game right at the table and, it, and it's two like two
1: cards into this set this deck already and i'm just already <laughs> losing my mind yeah it's just like this is all of this is we're just locked in this together that is a perfect name for like look man <laughs> yeah. yeah you're the one hitting yourself i'm just yeah giving you yeah. a fist that's all
0: Here, here's this thing that's going to go off i don't know who it's going to target like, i actually look, haven't buddy, decided
1: i, I mean I'm sorry that you have this hot potato that just happens to have a ticking time bomb in it. But while we're here, <laughs> 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 this is a joker deck, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this the, is the, wrong. This the, is so wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> These next two, Shiva, you should have already prepared yourself for. We've heard them before, but they're worth bringing up again.
1: Oh, uh, the Sean Maine special. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. Havoc Festival is just, you know... Has to go in any Rakdos deck. It's just so perfectly Rakdos. It's for anyone who doesn't know, it's six-minute enchantment for Black Red, which says, first of all, players can't gain life. <laughs> and then second of all, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player loses half his or her life rounded up. <laughs> so this just, you know, puts everyone on a very clear we're going now timer, and it forces people to, you know, make different decisions and different evaluations than they would otherwise, which is, you know, the whole point of this.
1: <laughs> it's great. Look, man, the game's got to end, I guess, mm-hmm. so.
0: It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like playing on a table that is basically a spinning top.
2: Yep, pretty much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the next one?
2: And the next one uh, is another classic. This is lovely. Classic, Painful quandary. It's uh, three black-black, so five mana, for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, that player loses five life unless he or she discards a card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The The moments that this causes is just, you play it and everyone's like, oh, that's not that bad. It's like, that's just kind of a, you know, bad enchantment. Why would you play that? But then, like, you know, a couple turns later, no one has been, you know, bothering dealing with it. and. The first couple times you're like, oh, I can pay 5 life, I'm at 40, it's fine. But then you start to not be able to pay life, and then you start to, you know, make more and more awkward choices and realize that you've, you know, (laughs) lost 5 cards and 15 life to this thing, and so is every other player.
1: The decks I play tend to not have a ton of card draw because I'm very bad at magic. And I'm just thinking, like, how many times have I sat there with, like, a spell I need, like the last card in my hand, so I'm going to eat Mm 5 life. That's miserable, man. That's not, <laughs> This is not an insignificant spell. This is a miserable spell. <laughs> but
2: you got to yeah. choose the five life or the card.
1: Yay. Yeah,
2: It's empowering. <laughs>
0: this definitely feels like a demonic dragon deck. Yes. Like, you are dealing with a demon dragon, and this is... This is these are the choices he gives you. It's 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 horrible. And the best part about making a deal with a demon <laughs>
2: is uh, your next section. Why uh, the next section I decided to call "A Demon Cannot Be Trusted," in reference to his flavor text. <laughs> you don't say. I also refer to this as yes. "No Price Is Too High for Vengeance." So earlier when I was saying like you know you have to ask not would I do this is this a smart play you ask would Malfagor do this, and. You know, would malphagor pay 15 life to destroy a creature? Yeah, probably he would. Like, he he's not worried <laughs> about, you know, other concerns. He's worried about, like, oh, did you mildly inconvenience me? I am going to punish you, like, arbitrarily. I, I When you play malphagor you want to be the player that no one else can really predict, that is not going to, you know, do the optimal play. They're going to do the spite play or just some random other play that's fun so uh, a good example of this <laughs> card is uh one of the best it's wrath horrible. spells out there which is uh Phyrexian purge it's a four mana mm-hmm. sorcery two black red and it says pay three life per target destroy any number of target creatures i'm sure the oracle text has been updated but yeah so if you know your opponents have like five or six creatures then you're gonna pay you know three times five life and destroy all of them and it's like plaguewind for four
1: plague for four you said yeah and it
2: can be very powerful but sometimes it's you know I pay a lot a lot of life
0: and you know you know okay the worst thing Shivam he pays a life gleefully <laughs> and and when he does it's like you, you look at it you're like dude dude you just spent 15
1: life to kill five creatures and he's like yep I mean when in Malfigor do what Malfigor does exactly <laughs> that the this seems to me like this whole deck so far, we've seen like five cards, feels like you're definitely, like when you play this deck, you're going in with a mindset of like, you know what? I'm going to be hellbent. I'm going to be like losing life by the pound. And that's what I'm here yep. to do. So that's what we're going to yeah, do. Like, And that's awesome. I, I
2: don't really have ways to gain back the life.
1: <laughs> no, because... Malfagor does not care for your life (laughs) Exactly.
0: You're starting to understand. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: This is some nonsense. so a a similar
2: (laughs) card to that is uh, Fire Covenant. It's an instant. It costs three mana, one black-red. And it deals X damage divided any way you choose amongst any number of target creatures, where X is equal to the amount of life you pay. So it's, (laughs) it's a similar type effect where you just, you know, pay you know 15 20 life to kill a bunch of creatures unexpectedly and no one really expects these cards because they're like pretty old cards that no one really sees because they're typically not great because you know why would you pay so much life? i remember
1: playing fire covenant a million years ago but no actually fire covenant seems pretty good though because like you've definitely played cards like toxic deluge before where you're paying life to you know off creatures and I could see this in a pinch coming in handy, especially since it's an yeah. instant. That's actually pretty neat. I don't know that I would play quite as suicidal as you would. But, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but Toxic Deluges is, is you, you only pay it up to, like, the threshold of the creatures you want to kill. This, this
1: you're paying for every point of toughness. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, this is, I'm not saying it's a good card, man. I'm just saying I get it.
2: But it's a card that no <laughs> one expects, like,
0: no one expects it. That's the key part of it. I, I don't think I saw the Fire and Purge, but I did see the Fire Covenant. I remember you casting it. It was at the end of, I think it was at the end of my turn, because you were like the next player or something. And then you just vaporized these creatures out of nowhere. And I'm like, <laughs> what did you just do? Did you really just play Fire Covenant? And I pulled it <laughs> out of your graveyard. I'm like, that card? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what the hell does it even do? Yeah, it was it was a crazy game. The whole game was nuts. So what's this next card?
2: So this is a card that I put in the deck and I just could never bring myself whenever I'm like slotting things in. I can never bring myself to pull it out because it's just so weird and fun. Uh, It's Jagged Poppet, which is a three mana, three, four. So you already know it's going to be great. It's uh, one black red for a creature that uh, whenever it is dealt damage, you are going to discard (laughs) that many cards. So, you know, not the safest thing to have around, but when you're hellbent, (laughs) so hellbent being the mechanic of when you're out of cards in your hand, which, you know, Malfagor causes that to happen. When you're hellbent, whenever Jagged Poppet deals combat damage to a player, if you have no cards in hand, that player discards cards equal to the damage.
1: What? That just... What? This seems so good. (laughs) It's... You have to be some kind of madman to play this Uh (laughs) out. You
2: you play this out and then you Malfagor. So now the first text line doesn't have any downside. And yet it's only a 3-mana three 3-4 three that Hypnotic Specter's for 3 or something like that. Did you hear that? Uh-huh. Hypnotic Specter. <laughs> That's exactly the way he plays this. He smiles
1: broadly and goes, uh-huh.
2: Oh my my God. favorite cards are ones that I can describe as there are no
1: downsides. <laughs> I mean, for certain values of downside, okay, fine. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, so what's the second half of his...
2: Yeah, the flavor text is a demon cannot be trusted, followed by and a dragon will not be ruled, because he is both a demon and a dragon. Oh. And this is one that I also refer to as Bow Before Me. This is the, like, I am powerful, and it's sort of the, the swag points. It's the, like, you know, just, like, displaying yourself, laying it on the table, and not good <laughs> things necessarily. But, so I put two cards in here next to each other, because I'm pretty sure I'm the only magic player alive who would put these two cards in the same deck. <laughs> One of them is Baneful Omen, and it really just cements what I'm talking about here, which is a 7-mana enchantment for Black, 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 which says, At the beginning of your end step, you may reveal the top card of your library. If you do, each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost. (laughs) it's it's kind of the it it was printed in rise of eldrazi and it was supposed to be a like you know it's coming you know that it's coming and i am not afraid that you know that this is coming next
0: and shivam we didn't actually cover it in the stats we should have but the mana curve is an average of 4.53 converted mana cost so every card he reveals is going to do like four and a half points of damage on average
1: yeah i'm noticing that like this is just insane aquarium this is like this is the sort of deck that you would put a bob into and just die
2: (laughs) speaking of which the next card that i'll talk about here is you know sometimes malfugor discards your all the cards and you have no cards in hand and you kind of want cards back so one of the best card draws ever printed in magic is ad nauseam which, you know, most people probably are familiar with, but it's a five mana instant that says, reveal the top card of your library, put that card into your hand, you lose life equal to its converted mana cost, you may repeat this process any number of times. <laughs> I, mean, I have certainly cast this card and just been like, and I reveal my first card, it is seven mana. Ugh. I reveal my second <laughs> card, it is ten mana. Ugh. <laughs> Maybe I'll
1: stop. <laughs> that is a miserable...
2: But it's... Uh, it's yeah, it is. When you do it, you know that you're demonstrating your dominance. You're saying, like, I don't care about this life total.
0: I certainly don't care about you killing me. Exactly.
2: No one kills me but me. <laughs> I have certainly used it to that effect before. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. someone declares attackers at me
1: and I say, in response, ad nauseum. Jesus in response ad nauseum come on <laughs> that's hysterical i, I think is... what says
2: the most about my playstyle is that phil and i were recently in a game where i had to figure out if i could concede at the right moment to stop someone attacking me <laughs> like whether concession used the stack was the rules question that i needed to answer <laughs> because <laughs> in the multiplayer like you know diplomacy kind of politicking it's you know Maybe this person attacks me, and I want to protect this other player who's done a positive thing for me earlier in the game. So if I concede, then it stops him getting his combat trigger. That kind of thing. I uh,
0: <laughs> I <laughs> I neglected to mention Daniel is playing in our league at work. Right? We have the uh, the the pseudo commander in pre con league, and he of course has the vampires deck.
2: Edgar Markov yeah, is a family man.
0: Yeah, and we randomly assigned these, but it was clearly fate saying, "No, no, this is what <laughs> Daniel needs to play." Yeah, and uh, and that's right. Edgar Markov is a family man. What what dra- what cards have you drafted recently? What were your last three drafts?
2: Well, the last two ones were. <laughs> oh yeah, the last three ones, I guess, were Soren Markov, and then the other two Sorens,
0: <laughs> the Lord of Innistrada and Solemn Visitor. Yeah, right? those ones. Yeah. He's a family man. Yeah.
2: He is. Jesus.
0: He's just assembling his family. Uh-huh. And uh, what's, this, what's this last card in A Dragon Will Not Be Ruled?
2: Uh, this last card is Coercive Portal. It's <laughs> four-mana artifact from uh, one of the um, Conspiracy sets. I love that card. Which, I, I love Conspiracy. I thought it was a great product. Yeah. But yeah, this has Willow the Council. It says, at the beginning of your upkeep, starting with you, each player votes for either Carnage or Homage. (laughs) If Carnage gets more votes, you sacrifice Coercive Portal, destroy all non land permanents. If Homage gets more votes, or the vote is tied, you draw a card. So it basically does all the things that Malphagor wants, which is, you know, my hand runs out, I want to draw cards. Sometimes I want to destroy everyone's things. And also, more importantly, I want to make people make weird choices. And pay homage to me as a powerful dragon demon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I have
0: played this card once.
1: <laughs> no, I actually like course of portal quite a bit. Mm. It's it's fun to use in specific types of deck, just because it's either gonna wreck every. I mean, it adds such a fun little chaos game into it.
0: Yeah, I don't like having all of my creatures destroyed. And inevitably when I played this, actually I played, I got it out in two games. Each time I played it, I happened, you know, to later develop more creatures than anybody else. And they just went, guess what? <laughs> and they took them all away and it sucked. See, so
2: the problem is, is that you're <laughs> developing attachments to these creatures. <laughs> yes, <laughs> malphagor is yeah, ready is to very... sacrifice all of his minions in exchange for her. <laughs>
1: power. This is a very Buddhist deck, man. You you don't attach yourself to anything. All is impermanent. Everything does.
2: Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you have cards in your hand that you want to play, but sometimes you just want to play malphagor You know what? Such is. You fate. only get to do one.
1: <laughs> I,
2: I don't think like, I've ever put that together.
1: This is amazing. Like every every card you reveal is just making me like I feel the goosebumps coming and also I'm just like what an amazing amazing deck that also seems completely miserable to play against <laughs> but i love this this is great like i'm just enjoying how ridiculous this is so much
0: <laughs> well you have to come to uh los angeles you have to take a weekend trip to los angeles and we will play this deck
1: uh that would be a blast
0: yes you'll you'll meet some of your uh, older friends and make all new ones too
1: I'm a big fan of both of these things. (laughs) Yes. It's
2: funny because I think the first deck that I played against Sean when uh, he first showed up at Riot was Phage. And he apparently had this impression of me as like a very spiky, like optimizing player (laughs) because of how I was playing the deck. And then the next time I played Malphagor and he was like, Oh, I misread this person.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that uh
0: it's easy to misread <laughs> when you play something like Phage and you're you're so clever about it and you get the you get the kills, right? Mm-hmm. And then Malphagore. <laughs> and Malphagore's like, Hey, maybe we'll win, maybe we won't. I don't care. He's like, Why don't we find out together? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we find out what's on top of the deck? Oh. Seven life. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> yeah. Now that you've said it, continuing with the Buddhist theme here. Yeah.
2: The The last grouping of cards I, I refer to as today is the only day that matters. <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, hellbent and loving it. It's just, I don't know, Malphagor is very Rakdos. And like, hellbent was a Rakdos mechanic, but Malphagor was in Conflux but it just synergizes so perfectly with all the Rakdos Hellbent cards that you can't yeah. not support it for that. Actually, my first ever deck you mentioned earlier was a Rakdos pre-constructed deck that I got in high school and played with people. It was a uh, had like Gob Hobbler Rats, I think, and just various things that triggered and got better when they were Hellbent. And I remember talking to people... Later on, who were just like, oh, uh, Hellbent was the worst mechanic in that set. And I was like, why do you think that? And they're like, because, you know, cards are a resource. And also, like, hidden information is important to magic. And, like, you can't trick anyone if you don't have cards in your hand. And I was like, that's a good point. But what you're missing is that when you're Hellbent, you have nothing to do with your hands. So you just start to naturally rub them together. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just sitting across the table, just smiling and rubbing your hands together. And that's when, like, when you put it together, it's like, ah, this is what it feels like to be part of the Rakdos Guild.
0: (laughs) No future. Just today.
2: But yeah, these are cards. uh, Some of them uh, have to do with being hellbent, but most of them are just Malfogor is going to discard your hand. You got to kind of figure out something to do after that. So this kind of just plays into that with I don't like playing, you know, typical cards uh, as much as possible, like Commander Staples. I try to avoid them because I prefer each of my decks to feel distinct and to play things that are more on theme, I guess. So Mm. uh, one of them here is Wheel of Fate, which is a sorcery with no mana cost, but suspends for one red for four turns. And just, you know, when it goes off, each player discards their hand, then draws
1: seven cards.
2: So this is great with Malfigar because you <laughs> you know suspend it out, play Malfigar, and then get seven cards back.
1: Yeah, I actually like Wheel of Fate a lot as well. I use it in most of the decks. I need Wheel of Fortune style of X just because it's cheaper and suspend is also just fun. It's such a great card. Yeah, and it fits your deck. It fits your theme.
0: Yeah,
2: it really does. Yeah. the The next one on here is like I said, things that are more thematic rather than necessarily good. Grafted Skullcap is a four mana artifact that says <laughs> at the beginning of your draw step draw a card at the end of your turn discard your hand
0: <laughs> it seems worthwhile right it's a good trade
2: i mean it basically means no. that after malfagor which like you really have to think about all the cards in the deck as pre and post malfagor like <laughs> malfagor will come down at some point in the game and some of the cards are useful before malfagor and other cards are useful in that like okay now i'm just top decking and figuring out what to do and this is a post-Malfagor card.
0: <laughs> it looks like a piece of clothing that Malfagor would wear too. Maybe after making it.
2: Yeah. i um, yes. <laughs> it's it's this weird like <laughs> yes. clearly metal stapled onto like I guess a an ogre or demon skull. It's unclear to me.
0: Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we'd have to ask Malfagor, but would he answer us? <gasps>
2: Uh, He might, but at a cost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what's it worth to you, buddy?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love this next card. It's it's one of those that I'll just shoehorn into decks randomly. It's a six-mana Omen Machine. (laughs) It's an artifact that says, first of all, players can't draw cards. This is great because sometimes someone over there with a wizard deck is doing some crazy weird stuff, and I'm just like, no, no, you you don't get to do that. And then, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player exiles the top card of their library. If it's a land card, mm-hmm. they put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, they cast it without paying its mana cost if fable.
1: <laughs> so there's a couple subtle Wait. things about this card. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Each player's draw step. Yeah, yeah. They exile the top card. If it's a land, they play... Why?
2: So... Again, in the post malfagore world, this is basically just I get to guaranteedly get stuff, and other people aren't accelerating crazily past me. It's basically ideal.
1: Th- this turns the game into flux. You uh, draw one, play one mm-hmm. every game. Yep.
2: Yeah. The other subtle aspect to this card, which most people don't recognize, is that it says that player casts it without paying its mana cost to Fable. It does not say that player may cast it. <laughs>
1: Right. You know, I, I saw that. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. someone will r-
2: reveal a card that they didn't really want to play, and, you know, now they are playing it.
1: Really? <laughs> yes. How about like,
0: that? I guess
2: we are casting Day of Judgment.
0: <laughs> it's really crazy. <laughs> you made... I forget what it was you made me cast, but it was something definitely unpleasant. <laughs> I think it might have been a board wipe. And I'm
1: like, but I don't want to. And you're like, mm, well, it doesn't say may. It, you know... Life is full of choices that we don't want to make all the time. <laughs> you just learn to accept it. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is, like, the most Buddhist deck I've ever seen in my life. Yeah.
0: Wait. Yeah. This next page, too. Mm-hmm.
1: This is just absurd. So,
2: yeah. The second half of the day.
1: This, this <laughs> next oh card my, uh,
2: I refer to as poor man's necropotence. And it's a nihilistic glee. It's a card from the original Rakdos set in Ravnica. Uh, It's a four mana enchantment, two black black, which says, uh, first of all, it has the ability two and a black, discard a card. Target opponent loses one life and you gain one life. This is not very useful. More relevantly, if you're (laughs) hellbent, you can pay one mana and pay two life to draw a card. You can only play this ability if you have no cards in your hand. <laughs> so, but you can stack them. You can stack so them.
1: If you're hellbent, it turns into greed. Yes, basically.
2: And so like when in the Post malphagore world, you have, you know, 5 mana up and again, this is Malphagore, I don't care about paying life. You can stack a bunch of these to draw back a bunch of cards in your hand and still have this thing out there. And I will say that the target opponent loses one life and gains one life has saved me from death in the past. <laughs> Jeez, that
0: is... Uh, cute. <laughs> yeah, cute. That's one word.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've always liked this card. Oh my god. Next card is sort of a, a second Malphagor in a way, but doing different things with it. It's a Thought Gorger. This was from Rise of Eldrazi. It's a two black black, so four mana for a, a trample creature, a horror. And when it enters the battlefield, you put a plus one plus one counter on it for each card in your hand. And then if you do, mm-hmm. discard your hand. So it <laughs> discards your hand, gets a bunch of plus one counters, and then when Thought Cordial leaves the battlefield, you draw a card for each plus one plus one counter on it. So it kind of—I mean—that is so crazy. Store eats the cards in your hand for a bit, and then when it dies, it gives them back.
0: Uh, It's—I—I—I'm not ready to step off the cliff. <laughs> I'm just not ready. Like, I look at cards like this, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I just don't know. Because
2: you're not ready for when someone, someone's just like, oh, uh, pacifism. <laughs> and you're like, well, okay. I guess it's going to chill there for a while now. <laughs> that that happens sometimes. And, you know.
0: Has anybody blinked it?
2: Well, if if they do, I just draw the cards. I just draw a bunch of cards and then discard a bunch of cards again. So yeah. it's not terrible. The way that you're <laughs> supposed to build put this card into decks is when you're adding counters on it after it's entered. So that, like, you or drawing more than you have discarded, but uh, mm-hmm. that's not course plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, now this this final card is what is what changed this from playing like, okay, this is some kind of weird chaos deck to my mind, like I just basically, I, I kept cool, Shivam, I kept my cool. But when he started using this card and he started actually using it when it when its effect came into play i just mentally i grabbed my face and i started screaming (laughs) and because i'm like
2: no i don't like any of
1: this
2: (laughs) so yeah this last card is as phil says the one that excited phil most about this deck but honestly it only shows up in a few games and it very very rarely ends up doing what it's supposed to be doing it's Hellcarver Demon. It's a six mana, six, six flyer. It's a demon. It costs three black, black, black. When Hellcarver Demon deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice all other permanents you control and discard your hand. What? <laughs> then exile the top six <laughs> cards of <Yeah>. your library. <laughs> you may cast any number of non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs.
0: Yeah. I mean, right? What? Like
1: why? (laughs) This is just. I don't like Rakdos at all. It's a
2: great card because I don't know. It it is a very powerful effect in the right uh, circumstance, but I have definitely connected with it and just flipped over six lands and just you know okay. But you know you get to try again next time you connect.
1: Oh my god! Every time.
2: Every time, yeah, because it sacrifices all other permanents.
1: No. Have no. you thought about putting the the sword that gives myriad onto
2: this guy? <laughs> that would certainly be interesting.
1: Because <laughs> then you would be in a crazy town. Yeah. Yeah.
0: the The downside is it has no trample.
2: Yep. So it, it has <laughs> flying, but it can often just get chump blocked, which is why I said that. Like you know, a lot of times it's just a six mana six six. But when this comes at you. And you have a flyer. You're looking at it and, you know, you're thinking, I'm willing to take six damage in order to see what the heck happens when this goes off, right? That's usually when it connects, actually.
0: Yeah, that's when it connected with me.
2: Yeah, uh, I think if if I remember correctly, I like we looked at the board state and I looked at you and I'm just like, you know, it'd be real nice if this could, you know... <laughs> go off right now and you, you you acquiesced i think
0: yeah i was like yeah you know what i've never seen this before i've i've looked at the card before and and just like shied away from it like like a horse might fire and uh, and so i wanted to see what happened and shivam i regretted it i regretted it it was it was like this it was like the world Broke open, and I was peering into another world com- completely different from ours. It was, it was like having a psychotic break from reality, or the, <laughs> at least the, what I imagine it to be, where <laughs> suddenly nothing is the same, and everything no. you used to expect and know and love is gone.
1: Nothing had meaning anymore.
0: Yep, nothing has meaning anymore. Exactly. I don't remember exactly what cards I flipped over you did it like 3 or 4 times because then after it was involuntary because here's the thing shivam he, he he's just playing the up to 6 cards and like he got a couple of lands on on one of the hits and it wasn't wasn't pleasant but sometimes those cards are big demons <laughs> right like we're only talking about the 15 or so fun card like most fun cards in the deck but he's got these other creatures and it's just it's just unpleasant and <laughs> you know like artisan of Kozilek, uh it that betrays <laughs> this, Mogus, I mean, god of slaughter this deck has a has a a vision yeah sire of insanity and and it uh, is. and so and and so he's just doing these terrible things and then after after really the first wave of, of attacks from these things, it's like, it's involuntary. Now, guess what? Hellcarver Demon's going to do it again, whether or not you acquiesce, Phil, because all your flyers are dead.
2: Yeah, that that, that was that was a fun game, because I remember people, like, at, at the Riot Commander Nights, there's usually multiple groups and people walk by, and I remember someone walked by and they were just looking at the board and they're like, what happened to you? Are you, like, out of the game? And I was like, no. I'm not out of the camp. No, no. They're like, where did your no. lands and everything else go? I was like, oh, I got this Hellcarver Demon. He's he's yeah, keeping details. up the fort. <laughs> he's doing what he
0: needs to. That's right. You, you have a note in here. Hellcarver plus Entreaties plus Insurrection.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think the yeah. way that game ended was that. someone else Insurrectioned and took Hellcarver Demon and attacked with it and then started casting stuff off their deck. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah, Shivam, It was. It was a nightmare. It was.
1: <laughs> it was the best you kind are of ending. The norms of the format. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Are you suggesting that D. Hospi burned at the at the EDH
1: stake? <laughs> I'm just saying that some people like to play Magic the Way Richard Garfield intended and some people don't. <laughs> like like this is this is amazing. This this whole deck is so dripping with flavor and ridiculousness. I I mean, I'm in love. This is amazing. Like yeah, this is really completely good. bonkers down. I love everything about it but it's also just I can't even say the words because we have sensors. So <laughs> This is just uh buggish insane is all I'm saying.
0: It's truly crazy. It was it was inspiring, it was horrifying all at the same time. And really when I saw this thing in an oper- in when I saw this thing in operation, I knew I had to share it with you guys.
1: Oh, this seems fabulous. Like I want to build this now. This looks so fun. it looks so fun and so dumb it's
2: it's the deck that i I have a lot of edh decks but this is the one that whenever i'm opening magic packs whenever i'm like playing limited or something like that i'm always looking at card picks within the back of my mind would this go into Malphagor really well and like i will pick things (laughs) badly in draft games just so i can get a card that I'm like, oh, yeah, Malfgore really needs this.
1: (laughs) I feel like all of us have, like, that one pet deck where it's the first thing you look at. Like, yeah, yeah, all the other cards could be fine for other decks, but you're always going to be hunting for... Like, for me, it's for my uh, Tajik Soldiers deck. Every card I look at, I'm like, will this work in my Boros deck? Mm, Probably not, because it's green and blue, but that's (laughs) the point. Yeah. Uh, So... So I do have one question. Can you tell us what the one Planeswalker is and why it's in there?
2: Oh, yeah. It's my favorite Planeswalker is why it's in there. It's uh...
1: Oh, well, that's a good reason. Yeah,
2: so most people forget this one exists. It's uh, Chandra Ablaze. She is the oh. six-mana Chandra, <laughs> also known as Bad Chandra. She uh, works pretty well in this deck, but I just always thought she was the most well-designed planeswalker of any planeswalker because all of her abilities interact with each other in interesting ways instead of just feeling like oh it's three kind of good things that fit in the color pie it's uh like her first ability is discard a red card to deal four damage no discard a oh, card. just any card okay yeah to deal four damage to something to creature player i think
0: it's a uh, plus one discard a card if a red card is discarded this way, Chandra Ablaze deals four damage to target creature
2: or player. That's right. So you can just choose to discard something and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. You could, which sometimes helps you, right? Yep. And then, yeah, minus yeah. two, each player discards his or her hand, then draws three cards, which, you know, in a post-Malfagore <laughs> world is great.
1: In a post-Malfagore uh-huh. world.
2: Yep. And then minus seven, cast any number of red, instants, or sorceries from your graveyard without paying their mana cost. Oh. So I I just always like yeah. this card because you know the first ability interacts with the ult and the second ability interacts with the ult and the first ability interacts with the second ability because you get to refill your hand and so it's just I don't know it's a very clean card I really like it. Awesome,
0: yeah, it's very nice. In this in this particular deck, it's very yeah. nice.
2: But it costs six mana, which is why it never really saw play.
0: So this morning I shared the deck list with our. Patrons in the $10 patron chat group we maintain on Facebook. And Andy Bentele, he had some suggestions. He says uh, you have some saucy instant and sorceries, but not a lot of ways to copy them. He suggests inclusion of fork and dual caster mage. And if you want to go more instant and sorcery heavy, then there's thermo alchemist <laughs> to ping all the opponent's and access to some utility spells like Mizzix's Mastery, Mizzium Mortos, Vandal Blast, Volcanic Vision, Incite Rebellion, uh, yeah, and Blast from You, Blasphemous you
2: swap out Malfagor with Niv-Mizzet, and then you...
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And uh, he says, don't forget Past in Flames to do it all again. That Past in Flames is a pretty good suggestion because, you know, you're and Volcanic Visions, actually, because you're pitching everything else. You are. Maybe you won't pitch those two. I
2: found that in this deck... With the way that I have built it, you tend not to get above like seven or eight mana. So, because <laughs> then
0: something. Before sacrificing yeah, it. Yeah,
2: something happens at that point, which makes the game hard to predict. So it's hard to like build up to the combo of like, oh, I passed in flames and then I cast this and then I cast that. Because you tend to be casting one thing a turn. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's just the way I built it.
1: I am in awe of this deck.
0: Oh, it's
2: beautiful. Yeah, you, you can also that's build beautiful. it uh, in a more reanimator style. Because you're discarding your hand uh, and causing other people to sack creatures, so you can definitely go harder in on uh, more reanimation effects if you want to actually optimize around the effect. I guess, but
1: you want to actually
2: win.
0: <laughs> but you have to ask yourself: Would Malthagor care about reanimating anything? That's
2: exactly <laughs> what you have to ask yourself.
0: <laughs> well, it is almost the end of the show, and by long-standing tradition we like to talk about ways to kind of hose this strategy.
2: Yeah. I I saw that this was on your like, you know, suggestions. And I feel like it makes sense for other deck discussions, but I wrote down here, what is best in life, which is in reference to Conan, you know, what is best in life to drive your enemies before you hear the lamentations of their women. And I think like when you ask what hoses a deck, typically people are thinking like, Oh, what causes me to lose? but Malphagor causes himself to lose a lot of the times. <laughs> so it's really like, I measure success by like, how weird did I make this game? How like interesting, like how many interesting choices did I cause people to have? So like, it's kind of hard for you to hose that. That having been said, he kind of folds to, you know, competently built, Decks. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you're the player in the group of four who's sitting there and, like, you know, doing your own thing, and everyone's just like, oh, that's the Malfagor player. He's going to be sort of a wild card, but, like, I'm not too, too worried about him. I'm going to focus on this other guy who's, you know, playing Narset or something like that.
1: <laughs> man.
0: Yep, and then suddenly Malphagor has his buddy Hellcarver Demon yeah. out, and the whole world cracks. And
2: sometimes open. crazy things happen, but that's <laughs> just you know the risk you take when you sidle up next to a demon yeah. dragon. Yeah, you
0: know, it's on the tin, demon dragon.
2: Yeah, I, I think probably the most common thing that actually hoses this is rut, like not getting mana to cast stuff. You'll notice that like there aren't many mana rocks or card draw spells in here. Uh, if i were looking to optimize this to like be more consistent that would be where i would go but i i'm more okay with there being occasional games where i do nothing in exchange for the games where crazy things happen
0: Well, I think the trade is well worth it. It's a great deck.
1: This looks amazing.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. Daniel, thank you for coming on the show finally. I know we've talked about it for a couple of months, and we made the time, and you did it. Thank you.
2: Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. I'm always excited to spread the gospel of (laughs) (laughs) Malphagor.
0: How can people reach you if uh, they have questions about the twisted world of Malphagor?
2: Probably the best way, I guess, would be uh, email wicketlink at gmail.com. So W-I-C-K-E-T-L-I-N-K at gmail. It's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Feel free to ask me questions or, you know, whatever.
0: And you don't mind if listeners send you emails saying, hey, thanks for the Malfagor suggestion. I played it on my unsuspecting meta
2: (laughs) absolutely not i would love to hear the stories that people have about what they've done with malphagor or like different ways they've taken the deck honestly
0: oh yeah and listeners if you have a malphagor deck and want to share some stories remember to tweet it at us i'll print them out and bring them to daniel daniel does not have twitter nope what yeah
2: malphagor wouldn't have twitter
1: brave intelligent
2: man
0: (laughs) yeah The, the question you have to ask yourself would Malfagor have Twitter? Malfa. Malfa-Gor. Malfa-Gor.
1: Malfagor. made Twitter, man. Are you kidding?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you rocked for sticking it out this long. Thank you for listening to us. And special thanks go to our patrons who show their support by donating to us so we can keep on improving the show. And each week we like to call out three of you. This week it's Zachariah Martinez, Chad Dominique, and Sean Lemonager. I think that's how you pronounce <laughs> his last name, Lemon Lemonager.
1: I'm, dude. I don't, I don't know white people names. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, Daniel, it's a time-honored tradition that our guests take us out.
2: I think going with the Malphagore theme makes sense. So, uh, Commanderin, what is best in life? Malphagor. <laughs> That's a
0: great way to go out
1: Word Go. Mandarin. How do
0: you say Malfagor?
1: Malfagor. Malfagor.
0: <laughs> I I, I get kind of warm and tingly. Is it hot <laughs> in here? I
1: kind of open my shirt. No, it's just hell. <laughs> <laughs>